listening to the Denver Real Estate Investing Podcast, brought to you by the Envision Advisors at Your Castle Real Estate. What's up, Denver? Chris Lopez here, and we have a podcast today talking about a deal analysis on building an ADU. So this podcast, we're going to go through the numbers on here and actually talk about some financing, but really focus on what the numbers and the cash flow and underwriting looks like for an ADU as a short-term rental. Now, this podcast pairs very nicely with the video walkthrough that Stace and I did on our YouTube channel. So we're talking numbers on here. To see a video of the property along with the builder, go to our YouTube channel and you can see the property walk on there as well. And the two will pair very nicely together. Stacy, I'm excited to do this. Me too. It's a good one. Yeah. So give us a little bit of background on the property. It's a uh, it's a one one. What part of town? Just the general highlights of the ADU. Uh, yeah. I, this is a build in Sloan's Lake area. Um, they that we really wanted to showcase. Um, it's a higher end. They did higher end finishes. They really stretched their budget. Um, and you know we can see once we go through this that if it was worth it or not. All right. And what we're assuming here, we got Joe Massey's spreadsheet pulled up uh, that we use for rental calculator, and we're getting out, we're adjusted for the numbers on here. So the purchase price is three hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars. So this was that's the development cost to build, right? Three hundred thousand dollars. Yes. Okay. Now the down payment on here is twenty percent. Mm-hmm. Now I know we model this a certain way. Explain how we did the financing for this example. Yeah, for example purposes, we sort of were looking at it as if you you were going to refinance your house um, to pull out the money for this. And then we're using basically just the portion of the cost of the ADU for our analysis. Okay. And as you've talked about numerous times in the podcast, financing is always a tricky thing. So listen to other podcasts about that. Just know that's for underwriting on here and really stay focused on the numbers on how the property is operating, mm-hmm. not the financing consideration. So purchase price three hundred thousand dollars. You know what we got six thousand here for some closing costs. Mm-hmm. We have about five thousand for repair cost. This is brand new. What needs to be repaired? Nothing needs to be repaired. That's what I've put in for um, furnishing the house. Okay, furnishing because mm-hmm. this will be used as a short term rental. Correct? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So all in is about seventy two thousand dollars. In this example, assuming that there's about twenty percent equity in there in one form or the other. Mm-hmm. Interest rate of four percent reflects the the interest rates have increased a little bit lately. Yeah. And so, if we're doing a cash out refinance, we tried to bump it up a little bit so that, you know, that would be reflective. Because generally cash out refinances have a slightly higher interest rate than a purchase. Exactly. Right? Okay. So I see the monthly rental income at $3,900 a month. Um, I th- so what I ran it as, um, you're going to have to check my math on this. I think it was $150 a night times 30 days. Okay. And you know, I copied out the other spreadsheet. So <laughs> yeah, the daily night and you got those numbers from air DNA mm-hmm. or, okay. Uh, from this property. Oh, from this property? They're actually running it. Yeah. Okay. So it's already, <laughs> it's already operational. Uh-huh. Oh, fantastic. Okay. So just to uh, say about $4,000 a year in uh, a month. gross. Oh uh, yeah. $4,000 a month <laughs> in gross Airbnb income. Mm-hmm. Vacancy at 20%. That's why I do conservatively. Um, Anywhere in Denver, I think most people are seeing way less than that. Um, but to be conservative, I always run them at 20% vacancy. Okay. So that means it's occupied about 80% of the month. Mm-hmm. Uh, annual rent increase, 3%. We won't put too much focus on that. 
Property management, here's another big differentiating factor on short-term rentals Mm -hmm. versus a long-term rental. When you hear this number, it can be jaw-dropping, 25% property management fee. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that is the going rate if you're going to do full-service property management. You don't have to do lift a finger, do anything. They take care of all the bookings, the cleaning, the repairs, everything. You still pay for things, but the manager's going to take care of everything for you. Meaning that the property owner basically gets a few, couple emails from the, the property manager once a month and takes mm-hmm. care of very high-level stuff, but the PM is running everything, exactly. right? Exactly. All right. So 25% for full service. Mm-hmm. And then you have 3% for monthly reserves and maintenance. Is that because this is a brand new property, just a lower end? Well, I, I did it that way because, first of all, it's got very high um, monthly income coming in. So, right. yep. Um, and yes, because of the way that short-term rentals, it's a new build also, right? And then the way short-term rental, short-term rentals operate is, you know, it's getting cleaned twice a week. It's, you know, there's a lot of eyes on it. So I think that they tend to stay maintained. Yeah. That was one of the interesting things. Um, we did a podcast and it was like, I think it was Brian Looney, who's a, you know, an Airbnb PM around town. And it, that was, it was, uh, changed my perspective. I, 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 I kind of assumed Airbnbs had higher wear and tear, but see point I asked, since there's, you know, one, two, three employees in there or, you know, PM employees in there weekly, you have eyes on the property. So things don't get as damaged or go unchecked for a while. Yeah. And I think a, you know, misconception too is you can screen your short-term rental, you know, clients, tenants, whatever we call them, renters, just like you do with long-term renters. So you want, you know, you make sure you're getting good qualified people to stay in the home that aren't going to party or ruin it. Yeah. um, That's a great point. Um, And something I learned recently just through two different series events is that, um, yeah, I don't think they're considered renters. They're considered guests like a hotel. Okay. So they don't have, they don't have the same, uh, you know, rental qualifications that you do to a long-term, uh, I see. a yeah. long-term tenant. So real estate taxes, um, fourteen fifty, and insurance a thousand dollars a year. And you put a note in here that's kind of that's wrapped into the main house taxes insurance as well. Yeah. So I I took like a little portion of them to attribute to the ADU because. Obviously, there there'll be a little bit more because it's two properties as one. So I just sort of took a portion out. Perfect. So you know, a, a good guesstimate there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, your taxes and insurance we can assume will increase when building ADU, right? Yes. Okay. So that helps reflect it. And then you have some utilities in there: five hundred dollars a year for water, sewer, a thousand dollars for Excel. And is this kind of lumping into like the main utilities or how do you come up with these numbers? Uh, so I think electric is separate, um, but water and sewer will be tied into the main house. So again, that would be a portion. Um, and then electric, I think it's a small unit, one, one, it's energy efficient. Um, so I think it'll be pretty minimal. Yeah, that sounds very reasonable to me. And then you have $2,000 a year for replenishables. Yeah. And I think I'm hoping that's an overestimate, but that's, you know, when you host an Airbnb, you need to do buy things like toilet paper and shampoo and maybe you have snacks or coffee, whatever it might be. Yeah. Just all that standard stuff that everyone uses at the property. All right. So I think overall, like, I mean, again, I'm not an Airbnb expert, but I don't see any holes to poke in here. Like you've got a good, you know, uh, good numbers on here. Mm-hmm. So let's switch over to the cash flow tab now and go through this. So to kind of recap it, we're assuming about an all investment of about $72,000. 
assuming that's about a 20% you know, down payment on here. Again, the financing is going to be the most wonky on here case by case, mm-hmm. but we try to keep I it very simple. I think it would simple. be similar, like, yeah, if you did a construction loan or cash out refinance. So yeah, I mean, there's just a lot of flexibility in the financing. So we're just, you know, for example purposes. Yeah. And we have all the operating costs or rental income in here. And it leaves a net operating income of about $18,000. Subtract out the mortgage payments, and it's about $4,600 a year in annual uh, cash flow, which in terms of metrics is a 6.5% cash on cash return and a 6% cap rate, which in you know in the current market, those are really good numbers. From Yeah. What's your reaction when you saw this? I mean, you were I plugging think, this in and yeah. you saw what, what was your gut reaction to it? Um, for a hands-off uh, investment, I think this is a really excellent numbers. Yeah. And if someone wanted to really, I mean, you know, juice the rents, uh-huh. I mean, let's go back here and say no to property management. So we're going to take out a 25% mm-hmm. you know, fee on the rents. The cash flow goes from $4,500 to $16,000 a year. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, basically, we're saying about $1,000 a month uh, to have a property manager run it. Right. And it's not a right or wrong thing. It just depends on what you, the owner, wants to do. Mm-hmm. I know for a certain the fact I would I would have a property manager because that's what I want. And hey, but is that luxury of having a property manager, is it worth 1000 bucks to you in this case? And that comes down to the, the owner's call. Yeah. And in this case, I think I w- would try and do it on my own. Just for the extra <laughs> cash flow? Well, because if you think about it, you're living on site. Um, you're in the main house and you're renting it out. So you're really close by. And for these kind of numbers and, you know, talking to some of our other experts in the field that are doing it themselves, it seems like it could be manageable. Yeah, especially, I mean, you know, from every successful Airbnb operator I've talked about, it's all a lot of upfront work. You get your systems, you get your processes, exactly. you kind of get your go-to cleaners and people in place. And it's a, a pretty well-oiled mm-hmm. machine. Yeah. So, so you, that's you would build the machine. we didn't account for. You know, there would be some, there are, Airbnb fees and some extra fees if you have, um, you know, whatever software is you need to help run it. But those would be pretty minimal. Yeah. Um, and that, of course, comes down to like the person. Like if you're having an Airbnb manager, they're doing all that. If you're self-managing, I mean, I can't imagine it's any more than $1,500 a month for a lot of those software services. Right. right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's minimal. Right. So um, either way you look at it, I think for this, it it seems like it makes sense to build an ADU. So <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll respond to that in a second. So when you take out the PM or and you're self-managing this, it's a 23% cash on cash return and basically 10% cap rate, uh, which are, I mean, great, great numbers. We mm-hmm. don't see those with long-term rentals. We see those with, you know, extreme room by room rentals and short-term rentals as well. Mm-hmm. So if you, if people out there really want to, you know, maximize their cash flow, Building an operating ADU can be a great way to do it or simply run an Airbnb depending on the property. Like you can get some really, really strong numbers on here. So I'm gonna go back and just change in the PM fee here back to yes. And so you were saying your punchline is yes, it's worth building. Mm-hmm. Expand upon that. <laughs> I think, you know, the numbers are speak for themselves. Um, if you just look at, you know, again, because I think cash on cash is hard to look at because, again, we know that the financing will be, you know, different for everyone. But if you're looking at the cap rate on these, it, they still make sense if you can short term rent them, which, you know, all these things are highly in demand in Denver. Um, and so we're all scared of that three hundred thousand dollar cost to build. But 
if we can figure out a way to finance it and front it, it seems like it would be a good investment. Well, especially too, what popped in my mind as we were going through here and just, you know, we started talking about financing again. I mean, we all know there's been great appreciation in Denver for the last 10 years, but the last, you know, 18 months since the COVID boom has happened, I mean, the appreciation has been astounding. Mm-hmm. I mean, I bet a lot of people sitting on areas where it makes sense to build an ADU might have extra $100,000, $150,000 in equity from just the last 12 months. Yep. Um, and so if there's enough equity in your primary residence, that could potentially fund uh, the majority or all the costs on the ADU. And that gets where it gets really interesting. Yeah. And we're talking about a pretty high end um, ADU. So hopefully we, you know, we can get these built for a little bit less. Yeah. So here's my counterpoint to why uh, if I had, let's just play on this, you know, what, what we said, about $300,000 all in. Mm-hmm. Um, so $300,000 to build an ADU with everything in there. Um, do that, you make this cash flow or take $300,000, put on down payment on a $1.2 million fourplex. While the cap rate in the cash flow will be slightly lower, you're going to have a higher NOI and a higher uh, overall purchase price. That's what I lean towards. Mm-hmm. But so much of this is subjective to where people live and what their goals are. Yep. Uh, hey, if you're going to live in that property for you know a while, uh, ADUs can make a lot of sense. As we talk about in you know uh, another podcast, our ADU update that come out before or after this podcast, there's a lot of nuanced rules about short-terming, right. short-term renting your ADU and how you can do it if you move out, all the stuff. Right. So make sure you understand all that. And that really comes into what's the best move for you. Mm-hmm. I agree. Well, yeah. If this is, if you've already are living in your forever home, and I think this makes a lot of sense yeah. to put one of these in your backyard for extra income. Um, if you're, you know, house hacking or nomading, this strategy might not make as much sense because once you move out, then it's a whole different set of rules. <laughs> yeah. Well, plus if someone, they bought a house hack last year at 5% down, they have some equity, but they don't have that much equity right. to go in there and, and plunk that down. And plus, I mean, what, 12 months at best to turn it around and build. Right. Yes. There, there is that headache. <laughs> yeah. So again, lots of nuances, but from the number standpoint, like this can be a great thing, uh, you know, a great thing to add to your property, great additional income. We've talked to a lot of people where they do this and then, hey, they Airbnb it to, to pay for it. And then they have when their adult kids come back home or family comes home or they're starting a family and, you know, mom and dad come mm-hmm. home or come back for all the help with, you know, watching the baby. Right. Like it can be an amazing, uh, you know, balance of, Hey, I got, I got extra space here for family. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, I got other people paying down this asset. So it can be an amazing win-win from that perspective. And that's where it gets really exciting to me. Yeah. It's kind of like that lifestyle investment, right? It's like, when people want to buy a mountain home because they want to use it, but they also want to Airbnb it. It's, mm. I think it's similar to that, where it's like, it's nice to have because you can use it for family and guests and you can rent it out the other when you're not using it. So it adds that, that income. Perfect. I like that lifestyle <laughs> investment, that, but that's, that's so true. All right, Stacy, this was fantastic. Um, and as we mentioned in the beginning, we actually have a, uh, video on our YouTube channel mm-hmm. where uh, me, Stacy, and Phil, the builder, and Phil was on one of our earlier podcasts. We go through and walk this ADU. He gives us a quick tour. We're going to pick his brain. If you want to see those details, check out the YouTube video and join the video walkthrough with us. So, Stacy, thanks a lot. Thanks, Chris.